2: The evil sorcerer wizard powers the engine of
1: science, seeking to forever alter the sacred balance, traveling on effervescent
2: balls of summer fire.
0: This week, Robocop.
1: In the year 1987, we met a hero who was part man, part machine, old bastard.
0: Oh, bastard. Ba- Why is he a bastard?
1: All oh, cops are bastards.
0: Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Got you. Anyway, yes, today's film is uh, Well and, and the robotic cop. Oh, yeah. Okay. This is perhaps no the most cursed
1: podcast of all time
0: <laughs> <laughs> well like i yeah. was just saying i um i had to watch robocop like three times in the past year it, it's not the worst fate in the universe it's so no. what what was the um robert pattinson film again do you remember the title oh harsh t- no we talked about it for yeah, like i can't hour. remember i can't Are- remember the name of the film Anyway, that sci-fi one with him, if I had to watch that, like, three times, I would have, like, killed myself. Yeah, that was miserable. Not not, not even quality, just because it's so much of a downer. (laughs) Um, This is Matt here. This is Luke. Welcome to our Sci-Fi Police Academy.
1: And for Talking Robocop, there was only one man I was willing to do it with, and that is, of course,
3: Andy Hamilton. Say hello, Andy. Hello. This is a long time coming. I think... um, this was pitched to me in the ill-fated 2020 (laughs) I think right at the start where it was like we're gonna do Robocop you have to come on and obviously someone says come on and talk to me about Robocop for an hour so I'm like absolutely yeah I'm there (laughs) and then gestures wildly everything happened and (laughs) you know it just became uh, a logistical nightmare but by god we got there in the end unless sure. of course something terrible happens to me during the recording which is going to be great publicity for you guys but um, <laughs> you know, I mean it's so cursed that I'm not ruling out the possibility so keep the camera rolling
0: yeah with some oh, gangsters right.
3: bust in and execute you gangland style then.
0: well I remember Luke happened. was like I, I'm not going to contact Andy now because that means the pandemic will kick back in yeah. <laughs>
1: twice we had a date nailed in and the UK went into lockdown
3: on that day yeah it's <laughs> It's been brutal. And then there was another one torpedoed by actually getting COVID. Like, it's just <laughs> been, yeah, it's, it's been a time coming, but cheers for, I guess, holding on, <laughs> putting Robocop in a holding pan. Cause I appreciate that. It's, um, I mean, as we're about to get into it's, it's, it's a movie that if you're doing a podcast about sci-fi, it really has to come up at some point. It's an essential. Yeah.
1: And it's one of those ones, like if it was alien, we could be like, well, okay, we'll do Alien. You can have Aliens or something like that. Mm. But Robocop, there's Robocop. <clears throat> and then everything else is shit. Yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I like my my soft spot for Robocop 2, notwithstanding. Yes, it's, it's a bit of fun, but it's not in the
1: same league. <laughs>
3: yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a totally different film. It's like, um, you know, well, we'll, we'll get into the details of Robocop 1, no doubt. But um, yeah, it's kind of like the, the silly... Um, you know, like, when you get a horror film and after, like, maybe the first movie, you stop fearing the mm. legendary character and it becomes more about watching them do the cool stuff. Yeah, yeah you're root-
1: you're rooting for Freddy in most of them.
3: Yeah, 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 exactly. Robocop 2 did that, like, immediately. I'm not saying that you weren't rooting for Robocop, but it was like, he's Spider-Man now. Mm. You know, like, <laughs> he's a superhero. It's Robocop, of course. He's here to save the day. And just, like... With the exception of, like, a couple of, like, really unsubtle links to the, um, you know, drug wars, um, it just went, well, all of the subtext, let's just get rid of that. It's Robocop. It's um, <laughs> Like, when you hear the word Robocop and you don't know the film, it sounds inherently ridiculous. And it, and it is when you look at it as well, it's a, it's a robot and a cop. Of course, it's these things. The second one is that movie. Like right. that's that's what it is. Whereas the first one, you know, as we'll get into, there's a there's a lot more to it than that. But well, this has a
0: weird place in you know the pop culture thing as it's this is this and Rambo were just like aggressively marketed to kids in the 80s. Mm. So I'm thinking, of course, you just saw the poster, and if you're seven or eight years old, that's like the most badass thing possible. And I remember going to a friend's house and playing the, uh, I think it was a Commodore 64 RoboCop oh my- game
3: obsessively. <laughs> it's amazing that you said that. So. That's essentially how I found out about RoboCop. So Yeah, same here. (laughs) I was born in 1984, so I didn't see it at the cinema. And the video, the VHS was obviously already out by the time I was sort of aware of media. But I was one of those kids who was a really good reader and my parents not wanting to kind of, you know, downplay that, they would always buy me magazines and books and stuff like that and then I started getting into video games so a video game magazine just became a really obvious out and is basically at this point responsible for me being sat here in a roundabout way but the first issue of a video game magazine that I ever got myself had Robocop on the front cover and it would have been early 90s and it was an, uh, it was Robocop 3, the video game on the C64 which is a terrible movie it's a, not a bad video game uh, and has one of the all-time best title musics like, ever, by the way. Um, Better than RoboCop? <laughs> it's, it, do you know what? It's real. It, it, the, the legendary C64 RoboCop 1 music and the title music for RoboCop 3, they're very different vibes, but I, I struggle to choose between which one I prefer. But um on the, on the tape, they had cover tapes on the front cover. It had a demo of RoboCop 3. So And it was just a first-person shooting thing where you just shot a bunch of dudes as a big robotic cop who, I think on the front cover, it was a shot from the movie where he's, like, protecting that little girl. So instantly in my, well, like, would have been, like, maybe seven or eight years old, I was like, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen, right? And um, then later that day or, you know, whatever time is ha- hazy around those days, I went to speak to my friend. And I was telling him about it. And I remember him going, oh, check this out. Going into his toy box and pulling out a toy I'd never seen before. And it was like a die-cast Robocop. Okay? You'd never get this these days. But he had, like, a hole down his arm. And you could load in those, you know those caps that you put in cap guns? Okay, yeah. You loaded them into his arm and then put his gun in. And he had a switch on the back. You tapped the switch and he fired the gun with like actual cap explosions nice and obviously suddenly that's the best thing ever robocop's really really cool and it was that same guy who one day was like and uh, again it it must have been around that time so i it, i must have been it would have been about 92 93 so i'm um, eight um, eight or nine at the most right and he's like i've got this video all right and it was a taped off, I think you know, taped off TV video. Put it in. And it was um it was Robocop. And yeah, we just we watched the whole thing there. And because I've always like, I've never really ever got like scared of movies and stuff. I think the only film that ever scared me was the end of um He-Man when Skeletor pops out the slime. That's about it. <laughs> the rest of it, I'm good. And I think having this exposure to RoboCop as this kind of kid-friendly hero from the video game magazine, from my friend having the toy, from the fact that RoboCop 3 was basically aimed at a younger audience. I I went into the first film with him already being quite palatable. So when I'm seeing him murdering people in horrendous ways, Right and some of the gore and stuff that we'll get into, um, I didn't mind it <laughs> because <laughs> I knew that they were the bad guys and he was the good guy. So, uh, but I just remember my friend being pretty terrified by the whole thing and like really like emotionally scarred by watching RoboCop far too young. But for me, that was like the, the doors had opened <laughs> and responsible for a load of terrible decisions i make making the next. 25,
0: 30 years. <laughs> uh, Luke, I, what video game got you into Robocop? Oh, no, it wasn't the video <laughs> games.
1: So I was born 1990, but growing up, my mum was still in college. Um, so I used to spend most of my, the first five years of my life with my grandparents, my uncle and auntie who had a big collection of videotapes. And I just used to watch like the entire Schwarzenegger catalog on a loop at the age of three. Terminator, Terminator 2, Commando, Predator and then they had this other one it's like well it's not Arnie but I think you'll like it
2: <laughs>
1: and it's Robocop and I did like it <laughs> so it just entered the rotation with like Terminator and Commando
3: it's just yeah here's another film where a big tough guy shoots like 90 people that's sort of it isn't it like looking at it now it's a totally different movie mm. and I mean hell it, even if you were our age in Eighty-seven, right? It, it's, it's a different movie now to when it was then, for mm. a myriad of different reasons. But um, I, I, I just, it, there is something inherently cartoonish about it by design. <laughs> like I don't know if you've, um, if you've seen any interviews with Verhoeven talking about mm. it, and like the gore that he is, like no, it's intentionally over the top for humor reasons. It's meant yeah. to be funny. It's meant to be a cartoon. It's it's meant to sort of like when there comes a point in ultra, I've said this on a few different podcasts about a few different films and games, but there comes a point in ultraviolence where it stops being horrific and starts becoming hilarious. And Robocop goes just over that line with mm-hmm. everything. So it's always been like, like, like hyper-realistic and intentionally meant to be a little bit funny. And I think um, as long as you're not scarred by poor Emil's death, Um, then I think a lot of it is if you're a kid watching it. I mean, I can only talk from my own experiences, but I kind of found him to be the robotic hero who goes around and stops these horrible villains taking over the city. So I was all right with it.
1: Well, I think (laughs) even as a kid, I could tell it was something a little bit different. But because I I didn't watch it as much as the Terminator films. Because the Terminator films, it was very clear here's a good guy here's yeah. a bad guy the good guy wins mm. maybe someone dies along the way whereas robocop i could tell there was something weird about it and when i came guess. back to it 10 50 years later i'm like oh this film's great because there's yeah. something weird and different about it but as a kid i was like oh you know i like the robocop scenes but there's a lot of talking and there's a lot of jokes i don't get <laughs> so <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> yeah I mean, it's a satire at heart right i mean yeah. that was the thing that didn't with starship Tro- starship troopers a lot of people because that's just, just super satirical so mm. you know with, with blood gu- aortal gu- gun splashes sure why not the aortal gun splushes. <laughs> <laughs> um i guess i'll t- take this opportunity to quickly throw in the plot and then we'll really get you know open it up and um and pump a few rounds into it kind of sci-fi dystopian detroit is falling apart crime is out of hand and police are being shot down on the streets fortunately omni consumer products ocp is on the case they've got the ed209 murder robot ready to replace the police while young upstart bob morton has something else on the mind enter murphy a stand-up cop reassigned to the worst district in detroit He manages to get murdered on his first day on the job by Clarence Boddicker and crew, henchman of Dick Jones, the ruthless corporate mind behind the ED-209. But Murphy ends up as RoboCop, the project that Morton was cooking up. RoboCop is an instant success who shoots criminals directly in the dick. But (laughs) Morton's reward is a coke party that ends up spelling his doom on the orders of that dick. Actually, it's a different dick, whatever. RoboCop finally sets his target on Boddicker's operations, but the OCP programming stunts his progress and ends up putting Murphy in the middle of a bullet hell. Murphy manages to reunite with his partner of one day prior. They hole up in a steel mill and manage to take out Boddicker's gang, despite some bodily and cyborgian trauma. Murphy heads back to OCP gets Dick Jones fired with incontrovertible evidence and then shoots the dude out of a skyscraper window and the best bout of comeuppance you'll see in any film. Okay, that's that. That's that. Pretty much does it. <laughs> yeah, that's it's one of my one thirty one uh one thirty a.m. writings where I'm looking at the next morning, <laughs> being like, that doesn't actually quite make sense, and have to edit on the fly. <laughs> <laughs>
3: it almost makes sense. So, uh, so here's the thing that I think is important to say about RoboCop. Now that you've informed everyone of the plot. And this is why this podcast, this specific one, being delayed 18 months, two years, however long it was, was actually a good thing. I'm justifying it, right? Right. And that is because, and this is a very poor indicator of the world that we live in, admittedly, but every single day that has passed since the release date of the film in 1987, the film has got better and more relevant. Yep. It Ooh, is yeah. unbelievable to watch Robocop like I did this week and, you know, f- for what is probably the millionth time after, you know, seeing Everything. the stuff that has taken place over the last two years, um, you know, and seeing the way that Robocop discusses, you know, rampant endgame capitalism, the militarization of the police force, Um, you know putting you know humanity kind of being stripped further and further away by these things like advertising, social media um, technology itself and it did all of this in 1987 when all of it was just a bit of a joke Mm. and what is kind of fascinating about it is this is something that is a total through line in all of Verhoeven's sci-fi films and it's um i just find that like robocop is for my money the one that does it the best because it's it's like it's it's the it's the most unbelievably daft one for mm. my money i mean starship troopers kind of aliens and stuff like that And Total Recall wasn't really his story to begin with, but obviously adapted it for the screen. But RoboCop again, so we said at the start, it's a robot cop. That's it. That's the premise. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But it's it's just it's an it's an unbelievable film to watch in 2022 and just go when when was this made? (laughs) Yeah, it's it's hard to comprehend how worryingly worryingly close we are to the Detroit of Robocop. And that's what makes it such an important sci-fi film. It's like, for my money, they have to have a bit of that dystopia in it. They have to have a bit of that putting a mirror back on society and going, here it is. It's just that with Robocop, that mirror image that they turn around and went, hey, look at society, It's, uh, it's you, has just become... Even clearer and clearer and clearer as every single day has gone on since release. It's 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 ludicrous how on the money it is and how relevant it is, like years and years after release.
0: My opening line in the uh, summary: some kind of sci-fi dystopian Detroit was supposed to be snarky. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know if that came through or not. Um, it's 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 unbelievable. Well, like when the film first came out,
1: I expect even the idea of the police force being privatised probably seemed
3: ridiculous. This pretty much happened at this point. Yeah, it's, like, it clearly riffed on elements that were probably, you know, believable hypotheticals at the time. Right.
1: But But at the time, they were so exaggerated to the point of
3: comedy. Yeah, it it was like, when it was originally released, it was kind of um, a sort of, almost like a cautionary tale Of like Hmm. this is how we could end up if we let this stuff go unchecked, and now when you're watching it, it is a blunt satire of how things are, yeah, rather than what things could be, and um, yeah, it's 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 sort of that like thing that um, you you can attach to sort of all time great films, which is just like what you know how they change and you know whether their relevancy is increased or decreased as the years go on like there are some films especially in sci-fi where like you can watch them in 2022 and just because of the very march of tech they seem very archaic some films get it right something like alien where you see the ship and everything is like analog and it's all crts no one it seems saw flat screen tvs coming Right, but um, you know, we saw these other things coming, but we didn't see flat screens. That was that was too beyond the pet. We saw the militarization of the police force, but not flat screen TVs. But um, but that works because it's kind of a, it's a very clearly defined aesthetic, and it, it, it's all very consistent. and It works tight. But then you look at something like Hackers, which is a fun film, and it's got a lot of memes attached to it. But it's co- it's because of how completely off pieced it was. Isn't there like a part in like 90s Keanu Reeves vehicle, Johnny Newmomet, where he uh, downloads the entire internet onto like an SD card in his head and it's like 10 meg or something (laughs) like that. It's something ridiculous like that where they just did not see it coming. Like they just just didn't get it. But to go back to
1: Starship Troopers, Starship Troopers, he did predict how big the internet would be. Right that film actually cuts to the internet a lot. And that's where people are getting their news and their news is pure propaganda and conspiracy and nonsense because they're getting it <laughs> from the internet. But on exactly. the other hand, in that film, they send each other messages by shipping discs instead of sending it online. So <laughs> maybe it's not
3: a hundred percent perfect. Yeah. But I'm that's, thinking... that's the thing. That's the thing I like about Robocop is it doesn't really predict anything. Tech-wise. In terms of it's, only
1: really kind Robocop and the ed 209. Yeah. Mainly the
3: only tech we see. It's just how society has changed. Exactly. Yeah. It's kind of nailing a future society to the wall, basically.
0: I'm thinking of things from 1987 or around that time. And, and the only thing that really has this mind behind it would be some of those, you know, the comic books around that time. Like I feel like mm. the way Robocop functions is similar to the comic book run of Watchmen or the Dark Knight Returns. Yeah. Uh, the, um, like yeah the little TV panels
1: in Dark Knight always make me think of Robocop. Because it's the same sort of stuff in my head. (laughs) Yeah, Um, well, I've seen a lot of people say that Robocop is the best Judge Dread film they've made.
3: Yes, didn't isn't there some chat that it was meant to be? Like this is one of those things I've never ever looked into. Kind of one of those urban myths. I don't think it was
1: ever meant to be, but the guys writing it were big into 2000 AD and DC Comics and stuff. Yeah. Makes that a lot makes sense. of sense. I
3: mean, that, the, the comic book link's really strong because like, didn't Frank Miller write the sequel? Yeah, Peter like, Robocop too. Yeah, yeah. So... <laughs> and and then when it, they that... did
0: the animated version of The Dark Knight Returns, uh, Peter Weller does the Batman voice. So it like, oh, it's right. kind of like Batman as Robocop, which is awesome.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
2: that's but good.
1: The official story is the two writers of this film met working on the set of Blade Runner mm. and came up with the idea for Robocop. <laughs> which I definitely like to believe that's true. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely. kind of like
0: how the failed version of Dune, you know, result in Alien, right? Yeah. <laughs> so sometimes it just works out. Um, yeah, Peter Peter Weller, I, I want to talk actors a little bit, I guess, because we do around this time, but Peter Weller is an interesting one. Um, mm. He's, 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 different i mean I, I guess that's his vibe and that's why he works so well as a robot and I, I, part of his casting was just like oh he fits in the suit i believe but
1: it was <laughs> i remembered it that it was that he was a dancer and that's why he could do these moves but apparently it's that he was a martial artist and that's why he was good at the movement um but peter weller is up there with schwarzenegger in my book as it does actually take skill to play a robot yeah um like to do it he, well you genuinely believe he's a machine the way he moves. Yeah. Um, And like, yeah, Arnold was good at that too. Like he was very deliberate in moving like a certain body part in a different way
3: than a human would. Yeah. It's one of those things that like, um and it, it's one of the things I like about podcasts like this. If you just blown some smoke up you a little bit, which is, and it's kind of a bit of a dying art this, but like when DVDs first came out and there was like making off features that you actually watched, Mm. Right. Rather than just it's on Netflix. Right. It was amazing to see this narrative switch from people like Peter Weller in Robocop, Arnie definitely in Terminator, where it was sort of like it was this kind of like real hack film journal line where they'd be like, well, the acting's robotic because it's because it's Arnie or because it's Mm. Peter Weller. And it was sort of like a bit of a joke and stuff like that. And then the making of's appeared and you, what, you've what got to see these like never seen before bits of footage where they're like teaching Arnie not to blink while he's firing a gun at point blank and stuff like that. And then suddenly you're like, oh, no, hang on. There's an art to this. And um, yeah, it's something that I really like only feel has been sort of appreciated in like probably in like the last sort of 10, 15 years. Social media has allowed people to sort of share these little clips Of, like, you know, Robert Patrick as the T1000 doing all this like mad stuff to just make sure that he never breaks character and whatnot. And um, there's a lot of that in Robocop. There's a lot of cool little moments in Robocop.
0: You know, these guys have range, right? I mean, Peter Weller's other big 80s film is Buckaroo Bonsai, where he's Mm. quite directly charming. You know, Schwarzenegger turned out to also be a comedy actor, um, which, you know, I guess people have different opinions on how that worked out. But hey, we love it. We love it at this sanctuary, so. (laughs) it's one of those things where um, the rise of the internet
1: has meant that you can hear voices other than mainstream film critics. Yeah. And mainstream film critics, their taste is so far removed from what the public actually want in films. Mm. Like um, Matt sent me the other day, he found like the guardians review of Spider-Man from 2002.
0: Rex Reed right. we'll
1: put a name on it. Absolutely <laughs> slates it. <laughs> like, he's and like, everything the- he's saying is just like, this is just not true.
0: He's like, what kind of crap dialogue like, with great power comes great responsibility? <laughs> that, that's an actual quote in there. What else? Oh, he yeah. call, What do you call it? A, a, he, Spider-Man is just the, the dog and cart version of Batman and Superman. I'm like, what does that even mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's brutal. Yeah. That's brutal. <laughs> but uh, yeah, and this movie also, of course, the, the whole cast is just like, amazing. <laughs> I mean, these yeah. are the best villains ever.
1: <laughs> I was reading um, some stuff up it, and Ronnie Cox playing Dick Jones. I, In my head, he is like a quintessential villain actor. Yeah. But the line was, oh, I always played good guys before Robocop, but I thought it would be fun to be a bad guy. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I yes. can see that it was fun. You're amazing at it.
3: <laughs> Everyone in that film who is a villain is fully on it. Like, Oh, yeah. Just absolutely going for it in every single scene, just like bouncing every line of dialogue off the walls, gesturing wildly. It's, 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 it's pretty brilliant. But I mean, I mean, Clarence Boddicker, I, I've, I can't think of another film I've seen with Kurt Woodsmith. In. Mm. I don't watch a lot of TV. So I, I was not aware of like, was it was the 70s show he was in. I, uh, yeah. I, yeah, I, I think that right. was an '80s show as well, or whatever. But yeah, he was—he he was the dad in that show. And the clips I've seen of it, I am just like, this is weird. Yeah. Why is he nice? <laughs> like, why is he someone's dad? And and not oh, speak- telling these bitches to leave? You know, that's <laughs> what's going on there. Hey, eight-year-old
0: Matt watching this this movie. Um, uh, actually, a guy has been. I don't think Luke, you've talked to him, uh, uh, Chris Jones. We do, we do a few of the Muso podcasts that you're not into talking about, but we're okay. at eight. We were eight. We were watching RoboCop as as one does, and of, of course his father was Dick Jones, so he had a great time with that.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Can you fly, Bobby?
3: <laughs> it's just yeah. It, it's it's endless. It's relentless. Like in even like the you know the goons in Dick in um oh, uh, goons are gang. They all have gold lines as well. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The whole thing, like, and. That's something that I've always really liked in a sci-fi movie as well. Like a bit like a kind of my favorite thing is like when you can kind of like get into oh I see that background character there. He's got a name and like mm, know, and and you it was in um like a good example of it is um yeah all the RoboCop gang, like all those guys they've all got different like things they've all got like different gimmicks, mm-hmm. different one-liners. Um and yeah, it's just it's it makes the world seem a lot more alive.
1: It's like something it's, that I think is just a bit missing from films now. It's just the stuff that you just chuck in there because it's fun. Yeah. Like in a especially in a Verhoeven film. There's there's the main plot, mm. but the bits you remember is Here's just a, a woman with three tits for no reason. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
2: I'll,
0: I'll buy that for a dollar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. It's, here's, we th- apparently they just threw this in because they came up with it when it was funny. What if a space station misfired and lasered a city in half? And it's just yeah. like...
3: <laughs> Two yeah, presidents. Yeah, that was great. <laughs> everything has to have a meaning now. That's the thing. Like I don't know if you... Uh, I, I don't want to spoil it, it's brand new, but there's 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 some stuff in, like, um, Kenobi, where I'm like, that doesn't need a reason. Mm. It was a, it was an innocent thing in the background. A great example, um, which is less spoilery, is in Solo. They, oh, they yeah. give a reason for his dice, for the <laughs> reason, like, it's not just a throwaway thing. It, like Everything has to have a reason and a place in these kind of mad combined universes. Like, I know that, um, we might get onto this later, I know that, like, they might be going back to the RoboCop well at some point in the near future, mm. and like the idea of trying to turn something like RoboCop into this like extended universe where everything has a place, it just makes me feel a little bit ill. Like I, I like the idea that it's sort of it's it's even detached from its sequels. Like apparently this new thing is it's just a sequel to eighty seven. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. So like that's what Godzilla does all the time. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah it off.
3: I think it's kind of amazing that like this film does, regardless of what I think of RoboCop 2, Um, and that one bit in RoboCop 3 where he says, don't count on it, chum, and then flies after a ninja on a rocket pack, which is (laughs) one of... I I thought I'd hit my head when I first saw that bit. Um, (laughs) But, um, like outside of those like robocop 1 does you, know, you don't you don't ever have to watch anything else robocop mm. and it still stands up and makes sense and i kind of like that i kind of like that especially when i don't know what you guys think of like prometheus and stuff like that but like for my money leave some of this some stuff is better unexplained mm-hmm. and yeah yeah i i kind of like that it's i i know so much about this film like all these little characters and in jokes and one-liners and stuff like that but it's all contained in this one whatever it is like two-hour block and I don't feel the need to kind of go out of it but that's what uh one of the things I love about it is it just every every person in that film feels like they have a reason to be there they don't feel ever like background characters or filler even Mm -hmm. the background characters and filler characters like the guy who's in the toilet who doesn't do his fly up properly it doesn't finish his piss when um Nick Jones yeah. walks in. like <laughs> like you remember that it's one guy <laughs> no
1: lines
2: <laughs>
3: i feel like there
1: was um i don't know where it came from or if it was like from a book or it's just except but like there's an accepted wisdom in hollywood screenwriting at the moment that it's like every scene has to move the plot forward to the next scene go 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 and mm. like the whole chekhov's gun thing if it's there it's there for a reason um and especially the way films are churned out these days especially in like the marvel and everything right yeah where it's like no this film comes out on this date, and we've got the sequel two years later and we got the sequel two years after that and it's like the writers bashed out their script okay we've already storyboarded it you're we're calling you the director but you've basically got nothing to do there's no space to Mm. throw in like oh i came up with this idea for a funny scene let's do it or like from what i've heard from robocop um they were ad-libbing so much stuff um Kurtwood Smith was like, hey, what if I spat blood on the desk?
2: And then Verhoven's
1: <laughs> like, yes, hell yeah, let's do that. But there's no space for that anymore. No. I mean, I'm again, there are other films being made. Yeah. But in specifically the real mainstream like blockbuster picture these days. It's just I think it's fair time, to say in the anyway. sci-fi.
3: I think it's fair to say that in the sci-fi space, it's very dominated by. What Marvel did, and I, I've got, to, you know, I've got to put my hands up. Like, I'll watch a Marvel film. Oh yeah, I right? still basically <laughs> and I and, 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 and I'll have a damn good time watching it, right? But my my issue with them, and it sucks because it makes whenever I talk about them, I always come across like I'm being negative. But it's not really their films I'm being negative about. It's kind of what they've done, which is that yep, yep, everything yep. has to be. That. A cinematic
1: universe,
3: yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or like a as you said, a film where it's like there's no wasted motion, everything needs to be moving the plot forward. So any any funny moment tends to happen during a plot moment, like a one-liner or something like that. And because it's all very similar, you, you see these almost scene for scene exact moments in other films, like big monster is coming out, cut to a shot of two people kind of looking up at it, the heroes, one of them says something funny. And it's it's nice to sort of see a film that obviously doesn't have any of that because of when it was made, but doesn't feel old fashioned mm. because of what it's doing. It's It still feels like Robocop could come out tomorrow and be Robocop.
1: You're making me realize something Robocop does so well because Robocop is very, very funny and it has really great dramatic scenes, but it doesn't feel the need to force a joke in after every dramatic scene. Yeah. When something terrible happens in Robocop, it lets you sit with it. Whereas, yeah, the the modern like Marvel template blockbuster, uh, the great example is Thor Ragnarok, where at the end you get that moment where Asgard is destroyed you know, Thor's character arc is coming to this conclusion over a long trilogy, and, like, Taika is giving comedy lines Mm. in between everything else. And it's like, why can't it just sit? With Robocop, you might say that it's like, it gives you a bit of whiplash, because you'll go from this really ridiculous scene where they're watching the guy on TV, i will buy that for a dollar. And then it's like, oh, here's this man learning that he had a family and he died. Yeah. And now he's going to go and stab someone to death about it. But it's like, yeah. that's life. Life has moments of tragedy, moments of comedy. You don't have to lighten everything. You can let some things punch the audience.
2: Mm.
3: That yeah, that bit that you just mentioned there is like, again, that's kind of like one of the the sort of great bits that tends to go missing is in the exploration of all of the really obvious stuff now, you know, the police force stuff, the, you know, capitalism stuff, is there is that kind of like weird moment where it's like, and it's not even that long a bit. It's like, literally, he has those weird flashes. He basically goes to his you know old house. Everything kind of goes wrong. Um, and it's not that much of the film. It's it's just it's a short bit. But it's I, I just found that that was like one of the um, sort of like the, a moment where it kind of veered into like hard sci-fi. Mm. for like a couple of minutes like it it sort of became really Philip K Dick all of a sudden yeah it was like you know what like what is humanity when there's not much of it but there's a bit of skin face left you know how, how much how much of us is the the human form
0: that's the sort of thing that gives this film so much resonance and why we're talking about like mm. it's basically a new release so many years later because Again, I saw I saw Doctor Strange. Um, I had a great time. I, you know, of course you have a great time watching Marvel movies. I couldn't tell you what the plot was. I forgot already.
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, it was probably a film, if it was anything like the first Doctor Strange film, it was a, a, a very explen- a very expensive movie that essentially existed to do one thing <laughs> at the yeah. end. Yeah, That's, if it's anything like that one. That's- I would love to have that kind of budget where it's like, right? We need to make this one stone appear. <laughs> just spend two hundred million, <laughs> whatever it is.
0: Well, uh, I I will say we uh, I don't think it's too much of a spoiler to say we we do get a very Ramey trip there this time at least. So that that's yeah. a fun wrinkle in the uh. Well, the first Doctor Strange, was like oh, we get this weird astral stuff. So that was mm. that was the you know a little bit of flavoring. But again, what what was the actual plot of either of them? I couldn't explain it now or Robocop I mean, easy. <laughs>
1: Doctor Strange 2's plot was pretty easy, but it's just like oh, she wants to steal this child. He wants to stop her. It's pretty much yeah, that. that. We, yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right. But RoboCop, you know, it's, it's very, well, it's, 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 it's Jesus Cop, right? And, and to yeah, a certain yeah. extent. So it's one of the eight story yeah. templates, like writ large. Yeah. Is it eight stories? There are 12. It's one of those numbers, I think. <laughs> but the, um, the whole
1: thing about him, like he's a machine and he's trying to find his humanity again. I love that it, it's done really well. But I also love that at the end, he can't just get over his programming. Mm. It's not one of those cheesy, like, oh, just remember, you love your family and you can beat it. Yeah, He cannot shoot Dick Jones until yeah. the old man fires him. Um, and I don't want to spend too much time doing this, but the 2014 remake, at the end of that, he does just overcome his programming and shoot yeah. the bad guy.
3: Yeah, it's- And that's... That- Shit, (laughs) yeah, for for my money, the 2014 remake, I don't like it. But when I see people saying it's like the worst film ever and stuff like that, I'm like so it's only that bad because Because they called it RoboCop. Because they called it Robocop, except for the bit you just said, yeah, because that's the bit where it like fundamentally go like changes Mm. the point, you know what I mean? Like that it was like i can I can cha- I can understand some of like the um you know like the 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 changes just to sort of accommodate technology and changes and whatnot. and I can see that they wanted to kind of make it its own film as well. uh when they took the piss out of the original Robocop costume, I was already on the defensive. I'm not gonna lie, yeah. mm-hmm. but that bit I was like, oh no, you've 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 balls this like you 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 were on the touchdown to be like a solid if unspectacular movie. But that there for me is like, oh, no, you you missed the point. You didn't watch Robocop. You, or if you did, you weren't paying attention. Because, mm-hmm. it, like, again, maybe it's as I've got older and maybe it's the events of, you know, the last... I say the last two years. It's not really. It's been since 1987. Nothing really has changed when it comes to the way that the police treat people. Um, but, like, and again, maybe this is me imprinting my own thing on it. But as I've got older as well, I've also found that it's not just... Um, Murphy's struggle against his new, you know, body and programming that's stopping his humanity. But is that like maybe something to say about, you know, being a cop that you kind oh. of have to put that into a box somewhere? Sometimes in the military, do it in the
1: military, I know a
3: big, the most important part of
1: training is not making sure you can do this and you can do that. It's making sure that you'd stop seeing your enemy as human
2: the main thing
1: they have to train you to do is be able to kill a man. And as the police gets more and more militaristic, that's what they're Mm. doing as well. To the point that they will pull out their, well, again, this is very primarily the American police. They will pull out their gun and blow someone away before they even try and talk to them because they've been taught. That's what you do. Um, They've had that reinforced by the fact that all of their colleagues are doing it and getting away with it. Mm. So yeah, you're, and, Anytime a police officer does make a mistake and kill someone, the rest of the police force is, I don't know if they're programmed or encouraged or straight up told to defend, deny, don't admit any wrongdoing. And so they're just Mm. further and further, just boxing up that emotion and that feeling of, oh, maybe
3: we shouldn't just do this. Yeah. It's it's amazing that Robocop somehow managed to avoid falling into like the Punisher territory. Mm. Because like... I mean, I'm a big Garth Ennis fan, so I really like his run on The Punisher, where, again, he kind of um, turns this, you know, Frank Castle a little bit into, like, you're not supposed to be rooting for him. Like, he Mm is, he's he's killing these people. You know, he has his reasons, but he's not necessarily the good guy. Um, But yet, you look at a lot of people who, you know, are into guns, they're all, like... There was that stuff recently where, like, Marvel fans were almost trying to reclaim the Punisher logo from people who just wanted to shoot people. Well, and, the like, fact, and stuff like that. Well, actual was, um, cops have Punisher stickers on their cars. Yeah, That's yeah, yeah. So which is, fucked. Which is kind of mm. missing the point. But like, RoboCop managed to frame it in such a way that it never ever got that. Like, it's always been seen as like, no, nah, that this is how we think you are. Like, this is yeah, like, you're not supp- You're never supposed to aspire to RoboCop.
0: Like, <laughs> well that that's where i the the other one that the 2014 really missed the ball is i think a whole point is that his memory everything stripped away where he's got like this contiguous personality mm. going on in the 2014 which mm. no no that for me that kind of again a change the title it was like a just like yeah, if you just yeah. call it
1: drone or something because that's what it was mostly
0: about
1: yeah it, it's and a it was, super
0: it movie at that point isn't it
1: it wasn't the best film ever made but if it had just been like hey, here's an interesting film about, you know, what's happening with drones. I'd be like, oh, yeah, that was right. We'd probably have done a podcast on it already. <laughs> but the fact that they fucking called it Robocop and missed everything that made Robocop interesting. Oh, the yeah.
0: contours of Robocop are about 100 minutes, right? That, that's how big the Robocop universe is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect 100 minutes, but yeah. Oh, <laughs> well, as long as you're up for some ultraviolence. <laughs>
1: but yeah, Robocop does, he does attempt to like arrest a lot of people and stuff. He doesn't just go on killing sprees. Yeah, there's well, there's I mean, even the bit, the bit when he gets Clare- Clarence the first
3: time, he's like, you're a cop, you have to arrest me. And he does. Yeah. And what, you know, it's great line. Don't move or there will be. Pause, trouble. Pause. <laughs> pause. <laughs> trouble. <laughs> and that's it, you know, it's, um, and he's right. They moved. There was trouble. Yeah. He's a man of his word, a robot of his words.
1: And, you know, you but, can't, you can't have any problem yeah with a character who shoots a rapist in the dick.
0: Of course. Right. He and he does go straight to that, though, which seems a little <laughs> bit against legal code. I think yeah, that should be true. standard practice. <laughs> so,
3: <laughs> one, one of my, one, one my uh, favourite adaptations of that is um, in the Commodore 64 Robocop game. That is the level one boss, <laughs> that dude. And it changes from side-scrolling Robocop action to you're a crosshair on screen and the guy's got and he sort of just slides backwards and forwards I'm doing it for those listening I'm sliding backwards and forward in my seat but yeah he slides backwards and forwards and you've got to shoot him but obviously this is on the C64 so there is no way of doing shooting through a dress mm. a Dress, you shoot that you've killed a game over so in that you have to shoot him on his arm because it's sticking out right. that's the part they have to do it and I just remember like failing that the first time I got to it because I was like, "All oh, right, I got to shoot this guy in the dick." So, <laughs> did it, and it just offed her straight away. And I was yeah. like, "All right, cool. That's not was, that's not uh, what I was supposed to do."
0: Yeah, this wasn't on podcast. This was this was in the office where I was saying my one of my first big video game disappointments was the uh, Aerosmith game where you cannot shoot the band.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: I don't want. <laughs> I don't care about books. all these guys and like you know black. Uh, you know goodies i want to i want to shoot the band because they're on stage the entire time they're making themselves a target
1: (laughs) so robocop has a lot of violence obviously Mm. but i feel like most of its violence is telling the story apart from maybe the first scene when he becomes robocop where we get the classic superhero scene of him driving around doing crime commit um not doing crimes crimes. (laughs) dealing with crimes (laughs) Mm. um because then we have, like, he discovers who he is, he goes after Clarence's gan, he finds out about Dick, he goes after Dick, and then finally he goes and has the final showdown. Mm. Um, and also, each action scene, his character, you can see his character through the action. Like, yeah. the, when you're first seeing him, he is totally the machine. And I the shootout in the drugs um Yeah, that's place, an amazing scene. That's, a- that's, that's peak superhero cinema, because there's, You know he's going to win. He's superheroing it, but it just looks great. And he's just, like, turning, like, barely even looking and just taking all these guys out. Um, But by the end, when he's fighting Clarence and he doesn't even have the helmet on, he's, like, going for him, right? And he's, like, stabbing people in the throat and he's fighting Mm. aggressively. And it's like, oh, this is his humanity is coming out. Yeah, Um, he's trying to survive. It's the And then right at the end, when he kills Dick Jones... Like up until then, he's always just like one shot, one kill. He basically unloads a clip into Dick Jones. (laughs) Like he's pissed at this guy.
0: (laughs) I was. um, Oh, I just noticed this watch last time that um, when he's Dick Jones is falling down, his hair's just just elongated. It's
1: like
3: this weird puppet or something they
1: use for that shot.
3: Yeah. It's so annoying that one bit. It's it, it, like probably it, it the winds, only bad effect in the yeah, film. It winds me up because it's the only bad effect in the film, but it's god awful. It's so bad. Like in a film that not only has some of the best practical effects you'll see, but also like was just blessed by good luck for mm. some shots. Like I mean, the one that everyone goes to. You know, um, just before poor Emil get meets his end. Yeah, um, there's a part where the police car that ends up hitting him, it drives past the camera, right? Mm. And as it ju- as it drives past the camera, a hubcap goes Poof, and spins past the camera. That was not planned. That hubcap <laughs> okay. that flew off the car and Amazing. bounced perfectly past the camera, and they were just like leave that in. <laughs> yeah. So it, <laughs> you know, it had everything going for it. It didn't just have you know like these incredible effects, but even like the ones that weren't meant to happen were landing in their lap, and then they kick Dick Jones out of the building and use, like, one of the worst, <laughs> whatever, you know, whatever that technique was, that kind of, like, early green screen stuff, Where it's yeah. just, and it's his arms. What? <laughs> I mean, it looked bad anyway, but, I mean, what was wrong at the end of Die Hard, man? Like, <laughs> could, like that looks fine. Couldn't they have just come with that? That oh, was a year later. They'd invented the technology. There we go. In one year... Maybe
1: the director out. of Die Hard was watching yeah. Robocop and he just like turns yeah. to his team he's like, guys, we've got to do better than that.
3: <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, they, they literally did just drop him, didn't they? Yeah. That's they just, why he's got the look. Of, they didn't tell him the timer. They said, right, we'll count a three and drop you. They just dropped him and that's why his he's face... He's got the is, genuine shock on his, his face. Genuine yeah. look of fear on him. So, yeah, maybe that's what they needed to do. They just needed to chuck Dick Jones out of a window. And, <laughs> but no, it was it was a year later before they mastered that, te- that technique, clearly. um, I'm wondering if this is
0: the last time we really saw live action stop motion.
1: It kind of is because Tippett, who did the stop motion in this, was then working on Jurassic Park. And it was during Jurassic Park that they made the decision to switch to CG.
0: Yeah. So Um, I'm sitting here wondering if there was any major. Well, of course, there's other stuff, but I don't know if there's any
1: other, like you say, major stuff. Yeah, this is probably the last like big hurrah for stop motion on the cinema screen. Because
0: you, you put the Ed two hundred nine on the cover of Starlog, right? You know, two months yeah. after you put RoboCop on the cover, because you can't do that again.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> the, and and yeah, I just love to,
1: and it's so much personality in the stop motion as well. I, when he's yeah. falling down the stairs is obviously great, and even at the end when he explodes and then the legs are just like kicking around like a decapitated chicken.
3: But yeah, that that there that those two bits you've just said there were this big, like seemingly indestructible, you know, force that the police are u- thinking about using as the general you robot. Know, officer on the street who who throughout the film we have seen, like not just shoot a guy a bit, <laughs> but like <laughs> shoot a guy a lot. Um, that 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 there is the classic example of like. It starts off horrific, and then by the end of it, you're laughing like because it's just so so over the top. But like giving that thing character, mm. and not only character, but like basically like comedy beats in like little moments. That that to me there sums up like Verhoven's sort of sci-fi stuff perfectly. Is it's mm. like this kind of like like unbelievable thing that you're seeing um, from the future that has like a lot of like weird political meanings, but also is like inherently a bit funny. Yeah.
0: It's a stupid dog.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah. I guess Verhoeven's just someone who just looks at the world and can see that it is kind of funny, even when it's terrible. Yeah. And that comes across really well
0: in the film.
3: Yeah. Right. It's really good.
0: Again, the through line, we, we, we've almost, we've done our, this is the completion of our Verhoeven. We just went backwards the whole time. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, um, we did yeah, Starship, Total, and then this.
0: Yeah, and mm. Showgirls. Oh, Those yeah. Showgirls. <laughs> <laughs> Sci-fi takes place in a mirror universe.
1: I do want to check out um, <laughs> Flesh and Blood. Have you heard of that one?
0: I've heard the title, yeah.
1: It's his first English language film, and it's like a sword and sorcery thing. Right. Uh, but like I don't think it was even released in the States.
0: And we're not so forgetting it's...
3: Hollow Man. We're just forgetting Hollow Man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> had a good soundtrack but that's about all you're getting out of that
0: What else do we have for like major i don't know we were talking design elements uh suits cool you do 209's a stupid dog yeah the rest Let's of talk is- about a
3: meal in great detail <laughs> that is that is an unbelievable way to kill someone off in a film yeah that guy to this day right dines out on <laughs> being a meal like that guy can show up at any convention on the planet and be like see that guy exploding when a car hits him in Robocop, what do okay. you want me to sign?
0: What's the most disturbing part of the uh, toxic makeup? There we go. If we really want to get into the,
3: it's, it's, it's
1: the skin like sloughing off at his neck.
3: Nah, my, the bit which gets me, the bit which made me go, "Oh, that's grim," is the skin sliding off his hand, and you can see his bones. Oh yeah, out. yeah yeah yeah. Okay, oh, I'm gonna got go got to where is. the
0: where the skin went because he's got those two like elongated figures uh because yeah. luke your problem the problem with yours is he can't see that right oh yeah, yeah. Whereas he's looking at his <laughs> own hand he is yeah, yeah so i'll take andy's or or my you know the fingers are dripping off because that that's you know as a guitarist that's that's relatively dreadful <laughs> well that's such a prime example of there was absolutely
1: no reason they had to kill this guy by melting him in acid and then destroying him but it's, it's
0: great
3: so that they did. But, but then turning
0: it, it, him into goo, right? That's yeah. the, 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 but no.
3: I love that bit because it's like that era of sort of you know, sci-fi and horror movies. There was that kind of fringe, the kind of like schlucky body horror splatter movie, like mm. things like street trash and stuff all wicked films. And to me, that just feels like a little nod to these like, because none of those films were mainstream. They were all this like weird subculture horror stuff that all, you know, real cult films that have kind of, again, now we have social media, more people can kind of share their love for it. And they're they're a lot more well-known now. But even things like like brain dead and stuff kind of have a little link to that, where just everything is just horrendous and it dies in the most grim and gory way possible. And that moment just felt like a little bit of a nod to these essentially as far from the mainstream as you could get at that point in time. Trauma films. It was like a trauma film on the it, big screen. Very trauma toxic Avenger the,
1: the way he looks. Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. That I, I can't believe I didn't go to Toxy straight away. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, but yeah, it's it, it it just felt like that in a moment, which I mm. again I, I kind of love that, that that was as as a fan of all things horrible. <laughs> I it's one thing to have a cool, you know, samurai movie You know, blood artery, spray of blood, spray. Like, that's cool. It's nice to see that represented on the big screen. But it was nice that in a big blockbuster, we had a bit of a bit of trauma style death. I have to admit, though, if you're driving that car and you see him in front of you and you think, I'm not getting out the way, I'm going to hit this guy. You didn't expect him to go up like that, did you? You probably you probably assumed he was going to hit the car and bounce over or bounce forward. You didn't expect him to pop like a balloon. That was, even even watching it for the first time, I remember being like, oh, yep. <laughs> oh that um, happens, does it? <laughs> Herbert
0: Smith has such the perfect expression on his face for that as well. Because,
3: <laughs> you know,
0: he's a, he's, he's a horrible monster, but there is just that touch of like, oh my God, this is horrible on his face yeah. at the same time. <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah, that's that's why you know while it seems counterintuitive, you know, uh, every all kids under ten should watch RoboCop at least once
3: so they can be like you know properly scarred, right?
2: Mm.
3: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's I I I I love that part. It's 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 iconic. I, I've I've seen people with that on t-shirts. I saw I, I I don't know why I didn't buy this. I can't believe I didn't buy it. But someone made a pin badge of him. It was like on this little store they made like a pin badge of a meal kind of going, oh. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I need to get that it's like it's it, that that one shot when he's kind of just coming out again for a character who is like a goon yeah and 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 he's and he is literally known for the way he dies <laughs> but like I could talk to you about Emil's untimely demise more than i can talk to you about like a lot of other films (laughs) and that's that's sort of one of the great charms of robocop is just how well fleshed out everything everything is in it for a reason there's no there's no wasted moments in robocop even the throwaway stuff is it builds the world it builds a vibe it builds something in the film But that's the
0: action figure i I was sure they did i was just making sure that there's there's plenty of Emil action figures out there.
3: (laughs) Is it is it melted Emil or is it just like a ginger dude?
0: You can't get the ginger dude; it's all
3: melted. Oh, it's all melted. I mean, I should probably get a melted. Yeah, there are.
0: It's got like a little. (laughs) It's got the little, um, you know, radiation toxic thing on the package. Yeah, you (laughs) amazing. You cannot buy buy an unmelted Emil. Does he pop if you tap him? (laughs) There's an animatronic plush toy sculpture.
3: That's pretty awesome. That's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. But I again, th- like that, there, it, what you've just said there sums it all up is that, like, this one moment from the film has a cult following. Mm-hmm. Clarence Bodica has a cult following. Robocop, it's Robocop. You know, Ro- Murphy's death is like. There's like three moments in that that are like iconic, <laughs> yeah. whether it be the n- 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 or like the actual death itself. Give the man a hand, the, you know, the, the, um, the way he is dismembered is yeah. like, well, and, and the whole the Christ
1: thing of it as yeah. well, becoming the American Jesus. Yeah,
3: it's it's, it's
1: spectacular. Like, Let's go back to yeah. action figures for a second. So, this I had a when I was a kid, I really wanted a Robocop action figure,
2: hmm.
1: and I told my and I was. By my grandparents, I was pretty spoiled. Um, But for whatever reason, I convinced my grandfather to agree to this deal. He would buy me a Robocop action figure when he could afford it. And until he could afford it, he would give me a cream egg every week. That's pretty good. And I just, I remember like once a week, my granddad would give me my cream egg and be like, I can't get you a Robocop just yet. And I've got this very distinct memory of this one day where... I can't remember I was sitting around, I was bored and my auntie's like, Oh, why don't you have your, your cream egg? I'm like, no, granddad gives me the cream egg. It's our deal. <laughs>
0: hey Luke, you still have the tab open? Just getting back to a meal a little bit. <laughs> how, how many, how many on Reddit, how many pages of a meal porn do we get?
1: Oh, I don't have the tab open, but I can check. It's not on Reddit. It's. <laughs> do you want to explain what you're referencing?
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, On plugging Luke's other podcast, The Game Game Show, we were uh, you're supposed to guess a, I guess, his video game character in this. Well, it wasn't a video game uh, character that does not have any pages of um, rules, rule 34 porn. Oh, there's none, (laughs) there's
3: none at all, surely not. (laughs) So. If you thought about it, it's on the internet. It's, that's how it works.
1: <laughs> uh, they the 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 only one they got a result from was some old dude from Final Fantasy 14. That that somehow
3: surprises me because that yeah. game is full of deviants. <laughs> <laughs> not just characters, the people who play it. Like that, that game is deviant heaven. I know a lot of them. But
0: 30 30-year-old <laughs> so. PC characters, the Fleens, were not safe. <laughs> <laughs> So,
3: one thing that I do feel I have to bring up, because this is um, very specific. Now, Matthew, you might not be able to... Oh, there's um, a lot of
1: porn of the bunny <laughs> from um, the rabbit from Zootopia, but as Robocop, but also naked. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Fine.
1: Apparently that's a big thing for people.
3: What was in this drink? That's a, sen- that's a sentence that I. That's a sentence that made no sense to me at all, apart from RoboCop. <laughs> Making um, RoboCop. Okay, sorry. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, um, you, you might have no frame of reference for this, so I'm going to tell you there might be, but you might you might have to add, add something to it. Luke, your mileage may vary. There is a famous version of RoboCop over on these shores that is known as the itv edit of robocop okay luckily for me it was not the first version i saw so i got to see it after the fact and that's why it was so very confusing to me but for a lot of people this was their robocop for ages this was this was robocop because no one had the vhs you know they was that was something you'd need to buy we were all too young It was on TV. They taped it off TV, so they had their copy of RoboCop. This was their RoboCop for the longest time. Basically, ITV. They even though the film was on past the watershed, they kind of. I guess they kind of appreciate the fact that like a lot of kids were watching it. It was kind of Mm. you know RoboCop. By the time it was on terrestrial TV, you know it was many years after it had been out on VHS and been at the cinema. Robocop was very much trending towards a younger audience at this point. They basically did like a fully censored version of it. But instead of removing the scenes, which they did for the violence, they they like changed certain bits. So like you'll see someone firing and it'll cut short. Mm. But the, it's implied violence rather than yeah, ridiculous yeah. violence. But the swearing is what, is, is what they did is they redubbed loads of dialogue and it's incredible okay. the, the most the most famous one is when murphy is being rebuilt um uh he crushes the guy's hand he goes up to the camera and he goes you're going to be one bad mother crusher it's so <laughs> good it's so good there's that bit where um the when uh, the the guy who's talking in the toilet to him and he's making his threats and he says like, uh, like yeah, once yeah. I even called him like an asshole like what it's something like once I even called him idiot like, and it's, <laughs> it's, it's a completely out of place voice but the, it, it's it's hilarious oh the best part I, how could I forget the guy in the convenience store that Robocop shoots you know when he's walking towards Robocop going fuck me he, it's they didn't even do a good job <laughs> so he's going why me why me why (laughs) me as he gets closer and closer shooting robocop but like for for so many people this was the version and when they finally saw it like years later and were like hang on a minute murphy gets fucked up like (laughs) that like because that was gone that was gone Mm. it was basically like you saw them start shooting and then it cuts to the bit where his body kind of drops down and you know she comes in and is like, we're well, oh, Murphy. Yeah. It cuts straight to that. And but that was like the common version. That was the version that pretty much everyone I went to school had seen. Like, and even I watched it probably more not because I, I never owned the video or like had my mm. copy of it. It was just my friends who had seen for the first time. So for the longest time, there was this version of Robocop that everyone was watching that had zero violence in it and just the most hilariously badly edited swearing. There's got someone has got to put it on YouTube, but some, I'm sure it'll be on there if I look for it. But yeah, it's... Uh,
0: the American equivalent, um, and it, it's not like everyone watched it that way. But I, th- I think the Big Lebowski has the notorious edit, right? The, the famous, this is what happens when you take a stranger to the Alps, right? <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, at least from my perspective, that that would be the best no one. Yeah, no RoboCop. Um, you know, my buddy across the street, we had the proper video. I think his dad paid eighty bucks for it in like 1987. So, you know, uh, with this well, let's be real, that one was slightly edited. We, you know, it I was, yeah, yeah. Criterion um, got that eight extra seconds of ultraviolence back in, but
3: yeah, <laughs> yeah. For what it's worth, as well, like I literally just went onto YouTube and typed in RoboCop ITV. Yeah, same. It's the first top result thing is yeah is very very specifically here is the ITV edit of RoboCop, so it, it's it's very much a thing. Just added that to my watch later. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's, it's, it's fantastic because it's so badly done. Like it's it wouldn't be like the violence cutting out of it would be fine. Like that's it. it still tracks. I mean you're not you're missing so much violence that it's 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 inherently quite funny because when you actually know what it like like the bit where the guy shoots um where ed 209 shoots the dude onto the table it's literally like you see him shoot you see him fly back on the table that's it that's hmm. that's the end of it so you don't get you know 30 prolonged seconds of continuous fire so it it's all it's all, if you're watching it after you've watched the robocop for real it's 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 hilarious how little you're seeing, but it's it's the dubbing, it's the redubbing of the lines that like, they didn't make any effort at all. <laughs> they just went with like the most obvious stuff. It's so bad, but it's it's so good at the same time. I mean, say uh, that ITV
0: folks are probably making it and giggling. You know,
3: <laughs> I I heard a rumor, and I, I don't know this because I don't own a lot of like physical media, but the, this edit is so infamous. It's on one of the DVDs. I can believe that. I know a on Robo the DVD
1: Pop. for Hot Fuzz, there's a spoof version of it, right? Where they take a bunch of the most the biggest swear words from Hot Fuzz and do their IGV style,
3: ah, right? Nice. Like when he yeah, shoots like, the priest and he goes Jesus Christ. In this yeah. one, he's like peas and rice. <laughs> like yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm. I heard that. Yeah, there was like this was such a like such an infamous bad mm. edit job that they were like, yeah, it's kind of kind of worth putting on there and. You know, it's like I said, it's one of those like really weird, unique Robocop things that some people have like really fond me even I do. I have like a yes. fond memory of this being like the version I watched for the longest time, even though it's nonsense. Yeah, it's like my, the hero <laughs> turtles.
0: I'm looking at my my Blu-ray, which is pretty bare bones, but I can watch it in Japanese if I want. So I got that going for me. That's good. Sure. <laughs> so, uh, watch it with the family to follow up to the see-
1: alien. I want to see the Japanese version of Robocop where he just sits around and does fuck all day because there's basically no crime.
0: <laughs> that's that's Robocop 3, is it? No, that's a cartoon series. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> or the live-action TV series where he never kills anyone. He just, like, shoots furniture
3: and it falls on them and stuff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that one's rough. I've only ever seen those for sale once in my life, the Prime Directives, as they were. Oh! The box see, set.
2: I've and seen them... The-
1: loads of times when I was wanting to buy the actual film.
3: I feel like I always found the fucking prime directors. Bearing in mind, I used to work in an HMV and I never saw them for sale, right? So we just never ordered them in because no one ever wanted them. So Mm. they were never in stock. However, the only time I've ever seen them for sale was at a petrol station. (laughs) They were just on the counter. So it was like, you know, you buy your petrol, you go up to the counter to pay, there's like some sweets, there's some cigarettes and stuff. And... Robocop the Prime Directives DVD box there. That is the exactly the, the shit I expect
1: it. to see in a petrol station. Yeah. yeah, yeah,
3: it's the only time I've ever seen that nonsense available to buy. It, they're, they're, they're really bad.
1: Yeah, yeah I think convenience... I caught a couple
3: on Channel 5. Yeah, yeah
0: some yeah, Japanese they're... convenience stores have amazing collections of mock busters, and, and as we have thought about having Mockbuster Month around here, so
3: yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, the. Th- th- the thing about those dumb RoboCop films, the the Prime Directives, the TV series, and RoboCop Three, they're mm. all really bad. And like RoboCop Three, especially, is like indefensively bad. <laughs> like it, it's 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 a terrible movie because it it commits the greatest sin of being boring as well. Mm. Like, which is the worst thing you can do with a sci-fi film. Because you know, as as we all kind of know, if it's bad but it's like good bad, you you know, you can get a lot of mileage out of this. But there's no mileage to be had out of RoboCop Three. But I do have a kind of appreciation for it existing, because without it, and without that kind of um, lowering of the sort of age rating for Robocop, how they basically turned him into a bit of an action, you know, basically they wanted to sell action figures, for being honest here. Same thing as they sort of did with Alien and Predator in the, you know, a few years later and terminator basically came out the gates of it there was a massive amount of terminator 2 figures and stuff like that mm-hmm. but like if they hadn't done that with robocop i probably would never have discovered it as a kid that's true and i wouldn't and i wouldn't have had half the things i would have had to say in this podcast because i probably wouldn't have watched it until i was you know getting into action movies when I was like 13, 14, starting to raid my dad's films and going like it's die Hard, Brilliant. All right, we'll give this a go. And um it, you know, I would have approached it much later, but I kind of like that I had that like I shouldn't have been watching this at all moment with it. And literally seeing it at different points in my life and being able to appreciate different things. The only other film that I can think of that I've had that with where I've watched it when I was a kid and I was, it was barely surface level to like a bit of an older kid and being surface level to a teenager where I started to get the jokes that I maybe wouldn't have done. And then basically all the way up to mod, mod, you know, present day where I start to be able to sort of see things in society that match. It's probably Ghostbusters is the Uh. only film that's been with me that long where I've, being able to appreciate it in different ways when i watched that as a kid it was because i watched the cartoon and me and my mate used to do the fucking dance at the end of the episodes (laughs) which i'm glad that cameras and films didn't exist so there's no footage of that but um but apparently it happened but I, i watched the film because i'd watched the cartoon and my parents went hey check this out and then you get older and then you start to see the jokes and stuff like that. And then you sort of hit your teens and you go, did race dance get a blowjob off a ghost? And um, <laughs> and like eventually, you know, you kind of hit present day and you sort of see some of the more subtle things about, you know, unity, the city, you know, the the, the real star of the show is New York and the people rather than, you know, and that that's a, one of my favorite films of all time in the same way that Robocop is as well because it's a film that I've grown up with and seen at various intervals throughout my life and being able to approach it differently and apply it differently and stuff to how I am as a person, how the world is around me. So I'm, not old many older. That do that.
0: I'm a little older, so I had a, a slightly different trip because when it came out, there was a few years where it really was just RoboCop and mm. all the kids wanted to see it, but, you know, and, and <laughs> ended up seeing it anyway. And then as, you know, as I was aging out of, Buying toys and stuff. That's when two and three hit, and you know, it's like these aren't Ooh. these aren't very good. So mm-hmm. I never saw the cartoon or i or anything like that. So um, so I, yeah, I got Industrial think- Strength Robocop as an eight year old. <laughs> so I got watered <laughs> down a bit, and uh, yeah. But now, yeah, now it's just like, yeah, you you are right because as a kid, just, this is awesome, and then you're like, yeah. this franchise is kind of. Crap, and then you come back around, and wow, that movie was good,
1: <laughs> yeah. For yeah. me, that's mo- that's Robocop, but it's also Terminator and Terminator 2. Yeah, but it's yeah, no. recently with the Doctor Strange thing, there's been a bunch of Twitter folks being like, Oh, this film so- is this film too violent for a PG 13? I've not seen that, up. I heard it's-, it's- heard it's pretty rough. No, it's fucking fine. <laughs> but- yeah, oh, there's sure a zombie be- in it. Oh, and I'm so, like. Uh, I spent my childhood watching like Schwarzenegger
3: rip people apart, <laughs> <But> <laughs> cut his own skin dr- off his <laughs> arm. Yeah. But if you draw a line from the stuff that you were supposed to be watching, mm. like like I'm trying to think of like the stuff that I would have been watching around the time that I went and ended up watching RoboCop.
1: But even I don't know, like it-
3: Star Wars, he's got his
1: family skeletonized at the start. Yeah, well,
3: that's what I was about to say, Star Wars. But even like the day to day stuff, like I was watching. I was I was well into brave star right yeah which like, it, like that really does suck but like I was in the brave <laughs> star thundercat's ghostbusters right and there is a there's a theme throughout all of them despite when they're trying to teach you not to cross the road and stuff like that there is there, there is a theme that at some point someone's getting their ass kicked in those like you know mm. what I mean like there's a villain and they fight him and that's it and or like even stuff like mask where it's like a bunch of dudes shooting enemies and stuff like that. But when you look, like, I mean, I, obviously I'm not an expert in modern children's TV. You know, I'm on a sci-fi podcast talking about a film that came out in the 80s. But, um, <laughs> but even like a peripheral look towards what is on TV at the minute, like there's nothing like that. So there's no gateway into stuff that is a little bit more guess- aggressive and... It deals with things like fighting and monsters and death and stuff like that. So if you're a kid who's been watching whatever's on Cartoon Network at the minute and you're going straight into like, that's a zombie by Sam Raimi, that might be a much greater jump.
1: I hope that's his next movie. I guess the other thing is my mind's been a bit warped by the fact that I've been living in Japan for almost five years. And the kids here do watch Super Gory Demon Slayer every week.
3: All right, well there you go. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. like
1: this a utopia. (laughs) This this anime is like the number one most popular thing. Like my kindergarten kids all have the merchandise and stuff. Yeah. And eventually we were like, oh, well, we're going to do some episodes where we watch the English lessons, where we watch the English version. And I sat down and watched it for the first time, and like episode one features a bunch of cannibalism and some decapitations with full gore. Oh. This is what the kids are into. Shit.
0: On American TV, I believe it's on eleven at night. With it's on eleven at
1: night here, the kids still watch it.
3: (laughs) Still the number one most popular thing. Well, this is it, right? I mean, again, I don't really know, but like, I can only really go off like my uh, like my nephew, who's a kid, and he's really into like all those like weird YouTube like. Like made up horror things, like Siren Head and stuff like that. Like he loves that. I had to explain to my mum last Christmas, like you can't just buy an action figure of Siren Head. She was like, "Why? It's on the TV." It's like it's not on the TV, (laughs) mum. It's a (laughs) YouTube thing made up by some artist. If you like, you're not just going to be able to go into, you know, Argos and pick this up. Um. But, I mean, this is just... This sounds like old man shouting at Sky at this point because it is just, like, things have changed. Kids, they take on media differently. But I think the jump from, like, everyday kid stuff that they're into to, like, Robocop might be... It it might be way too much of, like, a cultural change than what we were kind of watching, which was already a little bit, like... If you really think about it, if you boil it down, violent. You know what I mean? Like, Mm. the, the... all of the shows that we were watching, despite they didn't have blood in them, you know, they didn't have swearing in them, they were all a bunch of dudes who solved the problem by fighting something and usually beating it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's that's the, you know, that, that was kind of like the core through line to it. There was no, we're not just going to talk it out. <laughs> and I think that like, yeah, maybe that's why there was that stuff about Doctor Strange that I think that like kids who were seeing it are kind of, coming at it from a different attitude to what you were as a kid
1: you might be not right. that i'm
3: defending children or anything like they're but all I bastards. Didn't,
2: i
1: didn't see any
3: actual kids or any actual parents
1: complaining it was all right. just like 20 year old twitter people
3: yeah well there you go that's that's a, that's a whole different yeah, whole different, yeah. Whole different, yeah. <laughs> a whole different debate because
0: when i was 10 you know i Seen, seen and forgotten like every slasher movie made from like 85 to 1990 you know <laughs> yeah 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 yeah. that's what I do finish school go across the street and watch some like obscuro slasher film like we didn't watch the proper ones I, I still haven't seen all the Halloween or um, Jason movies <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, like because kids just have access to
1: YouTube and like all these games you can download for free yeah. I'm sure they're seeing some real fucked up shit. Their parents don't uh, yeah, know about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I teach yeah. this one ten year old girl, 100%. and every every week she's telling me about this Dead by Daylight clone she plays on Roblox,
3: and she's asking me like, "How would you rather kill someone, the heart or the throat?" Yeah, that's that. Do you know what's mad? That, it's it's mad that you say about that. Like that's like my nephew as well. Like there is yeah. this kind of like thing where they're into like really morbid stuff. Yeah, but. Hey, I get it. Maybe maybe that's why it's all right. Like he seems like a he seems fine. Like I mean, you know, obviously someone's going to use this as evidence when he fucking shoots me <laughs> in <like> twenty years <laughs> or something like that. But um, but um, he seems fine. But I, I don't know. It's I, it, part of me finds it quite endearing. Like because my obviously my brother doesn't care. He's like me. But like my mum's like, it's kind of weird that your little nephews into all this like messed up stuff. <laughs> and I'm like. Mum, you didn't know what half the stuff that I was watching. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's quite nice to see this sort of, you know, maybe it is being passed down. This kind of thing where you go, "Oh, I'm watching this film. I'm not supposed to." But then, there's obviously like, there's obviously there could be some negatives that could come from that. But like for me, I can only speak from my experience. It's kind of like it was all overwhelmingly positive. Mm -hmm. I had a great time. I, I like, I feel like I. Saw stuff that, you know, kind of stuck with me for the rest of my life, but in a positive way, kind of set early lineup up for like cool stuff that, you know, gave me, you know, you know a sort of a, a really early education in like this stuff's really cool. Like this, you'll, you'll like more of this, you know, um, and also like there is that thing as well where like, you know, people look at films like Robocop, like Die Hard, Arnie films now. And you know that the you know we're all getting really old, and they're kind of like these old retro films. But we do have that little badge of honour where we can be like, we were kind of there for when they came out. We got to see them when they were still like culturally relevant. Mm. Even though RoboCop, bringing things full circle, is still culturally relevant. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, um, I guess that means we can say it holds up. No, I'm I'm perfectly willing to say this is a perfect movie. I mean, w- what would you yeah. change about it? Um, the arms. Okay, that's it. Yeah, Dick Jones' <laughs> yeah. arms. Yeah, that's yeah. yeah. There's,
3: there's there's nothing you would change about this film. And uh, like, as as much as it fills me with terror as to the um, direction of the human race, it's 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 only getting more and more relevant every single day, like this film. It'll be more relevant tomorrow. If we do this podcast
1: in 10 years' time, it will be like, oh, yesterday I was out on the street and I saw one of the Robocops walking around. Yeah, 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 exactly.
3: We're we're heading into a direction where it was like, yeah, Robocop is real. Um, you're like this I mean, film doesn't hold up. The real Ed Two O Nines look completely different. Yeah, like, yeah, that's yeah. about it. That's about the closest you're gonna get to like a problem with it when the Ed Two O Nines are a bit slicker. But like, <laughs> it's yeah, it's it, it's it's a it's a perfect film. It's a flawless sci-fi film, and for my money, it ticks those boxes that important sci-fi should do. I sort of mentioned this earlier. It's got that kind of weird dystopia. It's got like weird tech. It's got that brilliant link with. The modern day, which makes mm. the sci fi bits seem they stand out more. It's really violent, it's really funny. Um, and um, yeah, well, and
1: it's it, got a great human element, to yeah, to tie you into all that sci fi stuff. Yeah, it's
3: it, yeah, I think I don't, I don't think it's unreasonable to say it's a perfect film. And um, yeah, like it, I can't imagine anyone hasn't watched it, like that's sort of this weird thing, but obviously, that's not true. There are people, but it is like. It, I, I'm not afraid to say it when it's like, if you haven't watched RoboCop, like, forget about whatever it is that you've got planned to watch next because it's not as good as this. Yeah, like, just literally stop what you like, stop what you're doing, whatever you're doing. It, I'm willing to bet it's not as good as RoboCop. <laughs> <laughs> Run, don't walk to watch RoboCop.
0: Yeah. Now you just got a Robo you rob- i was um, the robot
1: to i was that. basically robot walking around the office all day yesterday i can't help it. <laughs> anytime i watch a good robot movie i find myself i got a robot walk for a couple of days now
3: what do you what so what do you reckon um just as a sort of like little because there's not much information out there just to sort of tap it on the end what do you reckon this sort of sequel talk that's kind of kicking around at the minute like how's I'm 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 deeply concerned. There are two bits of RoboCop media that are sort of a, a look like they're going to appear um, in the coming years, and one of them I'm cautiously optimistic about, and one of them I'm terrified about, and it's the movie I'm terrified about um, because it is... it's been through development hell. It's been passed to about twenty different people. Like isn't is it in the hands of like Aronofsky or something like that? Last time I checked,
1: it's the original writers, so that's cool. That and was it was cool. briefly being directed by Blomkamp, which would have been great. Mm. Uh, District Nine, yeah, yeah, Chappie, that guy. But now it's it's like some guy who's just directed some TV, and it looks like it's going to be shot out with like a two million dollar oh. budget. So, Uh-oh. <laughs> but if they if the original writers really lean into, like this was a satire, and it's only become more relevant, yeah, yeah. there could be a really there could be a really good sequel to RoboCop.
3: There could be I don't think it's magic. necessary. It seems too obvious. Mm. Like, part of the beauty of Robocop is how it evolved to this. If they just yeah. go in with, like, look, <laughs> then I, I think that it's a little bit less. Like, part of Robocop's charm is you'll watch it. If you've never seen Robocop and you watch it tomorrow, you're going to go, when was this one made? And then when you find out it was 1987, you're gonna be like, oh, I beg your pardon. It's like, here, it's like when you listen to certain parts of like the first Rage Against the Machine album and you're like, this is like 1991 or 92. Like, like why, what did they know? You know, what did they know? Um, this
1: past weekend so- I went to karaoke and I did um, Wake up, up by Rage Against the Machine. <laughs> and a couple of my colleagues had never seen the lyrics before. And they're like, oh, this is really interesting. And then I <laughs> ruined my throat for like two days. <laughs>
3: Um, but to, to not leave it on a total downer of the sequel, um, I don't know if you guys have uh, played the Terminator video game, Terminator Resistance. I haven't, but I want to. It came Basically, out when I didn't have a PS4. It's, it is the single best piece of Terminator media that isn't Terminator 1 or Terminator 2, right? Okay. And it, you know it's off to a good start because it ignores everything else, right? Yeah. So <laughs> straight away, it's like, right, this is onto a winner. Um, and it, um, it's not the best video game ever made. Um, but you can tell that a lot of its problems come from budget. It clearly was. It's clearly a very cheap video game. It's cut a few corners. It doesn't do anything massively unique. It's kind of like half stealth game, half first person shooter, bit of Fallout in there. That when you explore the wasteland, nothing too, you know, ex- you know, ex- expansive or you know, interesting. But it does enough. It's not bad. None of it feels awful. It does enough to be a totally acceptable video game, but what it does do is it treats the terminator franchise with the utmost reverence mm. utmost reverence um there's obvious stuff um like where um you uh the the they it's sort of implied that there's a new terminator which would obviously be the one with the skin on uh and there's an um there's like one of the most frustrating moments in any video game ever is this bit where you see it for the first time and it's a really cool bit where it's killing all your guys and eventually it catches up with you and it grabs you and it pushes you up against the wall in first person and you knock its hood off and you know if they just had a little bit more money in the budget it would have been, um, been that short you to now, you. Yeah. but it's not <laughs> it's just it's a kind of generic model that looks a bit like Arnie but also is for legal reasons definitely not Arnie <laughs> um, and it's it sucks because you're looking at it and you go that would have been right up there but that's the level they're operating on and um, the final level where you assault Cyberdyne base, wherever it is, like the the, the head office of Cyberdyne. Um, but you've got one of those big the robots with the tracks and the big thing on the top. Oh, yeah, of the yeah, of the yeah. T1. Yeah. yeah. I can never remember which one is the truck and which Hunt, one is the Hunt, plane. Hunter Killer's the plane. Okay, so this one's the T1, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, you've got one of them that's been hacked to fight alongside you and the laser gun noises is the exact laser gun noise and the Terminator theme starts playing in, but it's a big orchestral version. And for about five minutes during that final level, it goes from being a modest six, seven out of 10 game to a 10, it's a 10, it's a master. You're sat there going... This is incredible. And you've got all this radio chatter of them going, we've just sent one of them back. We've just got to get the next one through. And it's all this, it's it's Terminator and it's what you loved about it. Well, long story short, those guys are doing Robocop next. Now I don't expect it to be a particularly good game. And I don't expect Robocop to lend itself to being a video game anywhere near as good as Terminator does, because Terminator, it's a little bit it's a little bit of an easier sell. I mean, the fact that he can move is probably, <laughs> is probably a better sell than Robocop. I've got no idea how they're going to do it. But just seeing how much care and attention they put in to making a, an otherwise bang average Terminator game into something that I considered quite special... Mm. I'm fascinated to see what they do with Robocop, and I'm way more excited about that than the film. And apparently, it is set immediately after the first film and ignores too. It's a continuation, but I'm far more intrigued by what they're doing. Not because I think it's going to be a particularly good game, it's just that they've already convinced me once that they can do a, you know, they can, they can, they clearly care. And um, that's, you know, tends to be more than most. So yeah, I just went on Amazon and added that to my basket. <laughs> I don't work for them, by the way, but um, mm. but if they do want to start giving me royalties, I don't think you're the first person I've sold that. <laughs> <laughs>
0: no, I, I, I just game on my
3: iPad now, but that does remind me to grab these DS cases for Luke here. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't play video games if anyone's listening to it and you're not really a big gamer but you like Terminator I do highly recommend just looking up a playthrough of the final level yeah 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 you were selling it it is is like it is a perfect representation of like the future war and it also has a version of the Terminator theme that is like really really good really really good right so Andy Mm -hmm. At the
1: moment, where can people find you on that, their internet?
3: On Twitter, it's at Andy Hero. I'm an idiot. Um, And as you may have already noticed from the last hour and a half, but I spell my name as A-N-D-I, not A-N-D-Y. So it's Andy Hero, A-N-D-I-H-E-R-O. I've got my finger in too many pies to like have like anywhere to sort of go, hey, check this out. And I change my mind and do different things all the time. So the best thing to do is look at my Twitter. And if I say, hey, I'm doing this, feel free to check it out or feel free to not do that. Um, but it's usually about uh, video games, um, the this era of movies, uh, and my beloved Newcastle United football team. So if any of those three things uh, tickle your fancy, by all means, pop over.
1: Don't take this the wrong way because I love you. But my advice to listeners... Don't get attached to a specific Andy project. Just yeah. follow Andy. Just follow me. Yeah, that's
3: exactly <laughs> it. Like they they come and they go. It's they, they, It's It's all. I'm all about the now, and the best thing to do is enjoy them while they're there. And when they all fall apart for a variety of different reasons, just let that be the case. Just all move on together onto something else. Yeah. Well, <laughs> okay,
1: if you've enjoyed. Opinion. If you enjoyed this podcast, we're on Twitter at MLSFSPod. We're also on Facebook, YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all of that bollocks. Um, And if you want to listen to other podcasts that me and Matt create, you can find all of them by going to patreon.com slash podcastio podcastius. And there you can find links to our other podcasts. And if you feel like it, you can throw us a dollar a month um, to help keep it online, help pay for the Zoom, stuff like that. But we don't put anything behind the paywall. So do what you feel.
0: We got extended little bits of Chatter here and there that you might get if, if you care.
1: Basically, we throw up the version we couldn't be bothered to edit on Patreon. Right. So you're going to get the stuff that we would otherwise cut. <laughs> so if you want to hear what Andy's real thoughts about various minorities, oh, That's where right. you got
2: go.
0: <laughs> Citizens, cease and desist your podcast.